Today's reading is taken from Mark, chapter 2 and 3. One Sabbath, Jesus was going through the green fields, and as they made their way, his disciples began to pluck heads of grain. The Pharisees said to him, Look, why are they doing what is not lawful on the Sabbath? And he said to them, Have you never read what David did when he and his companions were hungry and in need of food? He entered the house of God when Abiathar was high priest and ate the bread of the presence, which is not lawful for any but the priest to eat. And he gave some to his companions. Then he said to them, The Sabbath was made for humankind and not humankind for the Sabbath. And so the Son of Man is Lord, even of the Sabbath. Again he entered the synagogue, and a man was there who had a withered hand. They watched him to see whether he would cure him on the Sabbath, so that they might accuse him. And he said to the man who had the withered hand, come forward. Then he said to them, is it lawful to do good or to do harm on the Sabbath? to save a life or to kill, but they were silent. He looked around at them with anger, and he was grieved at their hardness of heart, and said to the man, stretch out your hand. He stretched it out, and his hand was restored. The Pharisees went out immediately and conspired with the Herodians against him and how to destroy him. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Lynn, you may be seated. So we are back in the Gospel of Mark after a short break after, during the season of Easter, and we will be there for a while. And um, every time we're in a specific Gospel for an extended period of time, we get to hear the whole sense of the Gospel's writer understanding of who Jesus is. So Deb Borg our director of administration has been updating our Mount Olivet's employee handbook. And I was reviewing this with Deb, and I noticed this sentence. This handbook cannot anticipate every situation or answer every question about employment at Mount Olivet. So please contact the director of administration with questions. Ah that disclosure clause, making sure that we are aware that not every situation can be accounted for. And it's a little sentence or a paragraph that's included in every handbook or service contract or waiver to make sure that everybody involved acknowledges that there will be unanticipated circumstances in about everything in this life. We have two stories of controversy today. The gospel writer Mark does not wait long before writing about the conflict that arises as Jesus interacts with people and as Jesus begins to reveal the kingdom of God in this world. The conflict at hand today is the proper adherence to the Sabbath day, the commanded day of rest, There were specific laws about what could be done on this day of rest. And I think it's helpful to hear again why God creates this day of rest in the first place. This is from Deuteronomy. 
Observe the Sabbath day and keep it holy, as the Lord your God commanded you. Six days you shall labor and do your work, but the seventh is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. You shall not do any work, you or your son or your daughter, your male or female slave, your ox or your donkey, or any of your livestock, or the resident alien in your towns, so that your male and female slave may rest as well as you. Remember that you were a slave in the land of Egypt, and the Lord your God brought you out from there with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. Therefore, the Lord your God commanded you to keep the Sabbath day. The intent of Sabbath is to create space to remember the saving act of God. And it's, it's to have time to rest. We've made Sabbath even better by tacking on another day, and now we call it the weekend. Although the shape of those days may not always be Saturday and Sunday, the intent of this commandment was for all people and even animals to catch a needed break. Why? Because it's not healthy to work every day. And when we do, we either drive ourselves down to complete physical and mental exhaustion, or we begin to think that we are indispensable in our work. Both are bad, by the way. Jesus is not negating the significance of the Sabbath. He is just trying to show the Pharisees that there's a bigger picture to see. Is snacking on a few heads of wheat really considered working in the field? What matters most is that a man was healed regardless of the day that it happened. So you're sitting there, and don't you honestly hope that there's something more to this story than to parse the strengths of the arguments between the parties? Actually, what caught my attention is that Jesus and his disciples are walking through a wheat field. It may be a micro detail, but an insightful one for us to consider. Now, we don't get to know why this was the chosen way. Maybe it was a shortcut to get where they were headed. Probably makes more sense, though, to walk down a dirt road, but maybe there wasn't one. It is right in the middle of cutting through a field where the path is unclear that this conflict arises. And just to note, for the Pharisees to notice the disciples plucking grain heads, they must have been following Jesus too. Mark's gospel is filled with stories that happen in the uncharted places. Jesus crosses established boundaries. He goes the long way around and interacts with people on the unestablished paths finds people at the dead end and the uncharted places of their lives. Even in the resurrection story, Mark writes that the women flee at the tomb in fear and amazement and said nothing to anyone. Mark clearly wants us to know that this life is not about resolution or about clear established directions or happy expected outcomes. God's presence, healing, and transformation is to be found in the unfinished work of this world, 
where things are unfolded and incomplete, vast and unmapped. And when we head down a new path, an unanticipated one, where we're not quite sure what comes next. There is good news in this story, and it's that God made flesh chooses to walk through the wheat fields, not around them. The place of conflict, the road untravel, is where God chooses and will be found. We get a glimpse of resurrection early on in this gospel as Jesus restores a man's hand to function fully. Now this man can work, provide for his family, and reconnect in his community. God's saving power is made known where we never thought it would be. I was thinking back to my week, and it was a week of many conversations. And when I thought back of each one of these conversations, not one of them was about a person's life going smoothly. Not one person I talked with said that they have this life figured out and that everything was going as well as they could possibly imagine. Instead, there were questions, there was change, there was sadness, struggles, transitions, wondering about what's next, how to get from where they are now to a more stable place. Sometimes people say they want to come to church to escape life, to have an hour where they can get away from the world. But then we hear today that Jesus walks through the tall grass of this life. That is where God meets us. Really, worship should be a time where you indeed can come as you are with your backpack of questions, your tears, the cries of your hearts, your anger, your longing, because quite frankly, we are all walking the uncharted way. Just like that employee handbook, we cannot anticipate every situation or answer every question about life. And it's sure comforting to hear that God understands this and decides to accompany us along this way. In fact, this is why God came down to this earth to cut across the vast terrain of this world, the dry and dusty place, to meet us there with mercy, to help us see a bigger perspective, to usher in this kingdom, this presence of God, and to unite us together along the way. WCCO Radio had a call-in question this week, and I happened to be driving. What advice would you give to a new graduate? I listened intently because college graduations have happened and high school graduations are happening now as we speak. There were phone calls and text responses. And what struck me as I listened was that all of the advice and insights spoke to this bigger perspective of life. And these responses were not about having all the answers at age 18, 28, or 48, but rather asking the question, naming the struggle, knowing that this life is never a straight line or to be lived flawlessly, 
knowing who is around you to support you, and then to lift your head up to see the experiences of others and to hear their stories as well. Dear Levi, on this your baptism day, know that Jesus is with you as you cross the wheat fields, as you encounter conflict, as you experience the joy and the heartache and interact with experiences you cannot know. This life is all about transitions, endings, and new beginnings. Levi, God's promise is for you in every place of life, and we join you step by step. Amen.